Welcome into another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Jimmy Morris, joined by Easton Freeze. Easton, I won't bother asking you how you are. I will just say welcome <laughs> in. And um, have you somewhat recovered from last night? Yeah, no, I'm definitely recovered. Um, you know, I've been a fan of the Titans since I was born. I've been going to games as a season ticket holder for 16 since, years. Since the uh, oh, shut up! Since the uh, <laughs> since the team. Since the team came to town, uh, so my dad got season tickets, and I've been going with him for you know my, my entire time growing up. I went to games with him, and I've been going, um, you know, for fifteen years probably. And uh, so it it obviously sucks when the Titans lose, but um, since I've started covering the team in you know in an official capacity and and all of that, it's uh, it's gotten easier. The losses are definitely easier because I can just go into uh, reporter mode and uh, suppress those feelings really healthily <laughs> down deep inside of me. Obviously, it's a bummer, but um, it it is 24 hours uh, or a little over 24 hours after. And, um, you know, it's we're on, on the offseason. We're on to Cincinnati. Lost to Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, on to Cincinnati. Say, ironic. Um, well, good for you. I'm glad that you have, you know, been able to process and and you have those no feelings. i haven't that's, that's the that's, that's the key that's you don't good. process it you push it deep down inside <laughs> there you go. Yeah, 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 and let yeah. it fester and cause problems in your life down the road that's the key <laughs> to uh yeah well um okay let's start out with with what was good about the game uh the there was defense, a lot good about the, game. the defense was awesome and incredible that the, the good the good thing about the defense is now they got to figure out what they're going to do with Landry. Um, I don't see any way they let him leave. Um, if you have to, if you have to franchise tag him, then so be it. Um, but you know, with, with the with, with the exception of of him, you've got everybody that was out there last night is is back next year, right? That, that we got a lot of questions about about the offensive side of the ball, who's going to be here, who's not going to be here, all that yeah, kind of defense stuff. Defense is in great shape. The defense is in great shape, and you know. I mean, what, Rashawn Evans was a healthy scratch last night. I mean, he's in his he's his last year. We know he's not going to be back anyway. Right. But you know, they they've got a good linebacker rotation. I guess Jayon Brown's also you know probably on the way out. He's also gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but but you know, with the exception of that, but I mean, you've got Zach Cunningham, you've got David Long, you're fine there. Uh, and I'd say there's a decent chance that Jackrabbit Jenkins also goes. I don't be, necessarily yeah, yeah. know that he will. I'd, I mean, it's very very early yeah. on, and I, there's a lot to dive into that we will obviously do in the coming right. months. But I'd say it's probably a 50-50 proposition on him. Well, and those, and two, those two inside sure. linebackers, like you said. If um, you're pointing to anybody last night on defense, it was the issue. If Jackrabbit can catch the ball that Burrow throws to him. That's six right there. And, true. you know, he was the catch one that, that was ball. guarding Chase on that last play, which, I mean, you know, what, what, that's not I, – I wouldn't necessarily blame him for that one. I mean, that's just you – know, that, It's that Jamar happens. Chase. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, but everybody else is back. So I mean, they were great. You know, nine sacks. Um, I, I saw. I can't. I wish I would have. I should have saved the tweet that I saw last night. But I, <laughs> when when a team gets nine plus sacks in a game, you know, before last night it was something like one hundred and forty eight. And hey, guess what? You or, don't have to save the tweet. You, you must have been in a in a a, a sad stupor last night because it was my tweet. Oh, there you go. It was my, <laughs> it was my statistic. So I you didn't have to save it. Yes. I tweeted it. I'll go find it right now. Yeah. yeah the exact yeah. statistic is. I mean, just wait for it. Insane. Just, just, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Say something else. I'll find it and we'll talk about it in a second. Yeah. So, I mean, I was so we're looking for that. Listen, they were, they were great. Simmons had three sacks himself. I mean, was a, you know, one man wrecking crew. Um, 
found it hilarious that Quentin Spain felt the need to talk trash to uh, Simmons <laughs> after the game and immediately deleted. Um, yeah, right? one, one but anyway, uh, I mean, good for him. They won, you know, but um, it just, I mean, they Burrow was uncomfortable and I am mean, credit Joe Burrow. My gosh. I mean, we have seen quarterbacks get spooked by way less <laughs> than what Burrow no faced last night. And he stood in there and I mean, he, you know, I yeah. mean, it's, so here, here's the stat. Ahead. I said I tweeted this out. I look, I did the research on this last night. The Titans are the first team to lose a game in which they sacked the opposing quarterback nine plus times since the Chargers did it in 2016. And then before that, the Seahawks in 1992 teams with a nine or more uh, t- teams with nine or more sacks in a single game were 149, eight and two going into that game in NFL history. Um, and they're now, of course, 149, <laughs> nine and two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So very, very yeah. hard to lose a game in which you sack the opposing yeah. quarterback nine times. Yeah. And, and the only, I mean, the only negative I would have on, the, I would have to say with the defense is that, you know, they, they missed a couple of big tackles. There were a couple of big plays that were quick little throws that, you know, if you can get, I think one, I know one was the chase and one may have been to Higgins. Um, but yes. anyway, where, you know, you know if, if you get him, if the first guy is able to get him on the ground, then, you know, you live to play another down, you, you probably get another sack, um, you, you know, uh, so that, that would be kind of the, the only negative that I would have for, the, for on the defense side of the ball, but uh, you know, they, they were great and man, it just sucks when you think about like the fact that all we talked about all off season was get a middle of the pack defense and this team's a Super Bowl contender, and you got a, I mean, a, an elite, elite performance, at least in that game, and for a lot of the year, defense, yeah. and you're out in the divisional round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does stink, and um, you know, they they did they did flip. Uh, it was a bit of a role reversal there. Um, the defense was great, and the offense, you know, there weren't any excuses last night going into the game. We knew that. The, the team had everybody together. Everything had lined up perfectly for them. Um, and it, I mean, it, there's really not a lot of analysis to be had from last night's game. The only thing you might could say, and I'm, I'm not saying this because I don't think that it's a, a very valid thing to say. You might could say just the fact that that primary group on offense, either a, you know, Henry was, I mean, it, it was pretty clear that Henry wasn't a hundred percent. Right. We talked about that. We didn't expect him to be, um, but maybe just the, the, the chemistry, there wasn't enough chemistry. I don't think that's very valid. I think yeah. it's true that there wasn't as you know optimal chemistry necessarily, um, but that's just the way that it was. I don't think that's even close to a valid excuse. They had who they wanted back there, and um, they only scored 16 points, and it came off of um, arguably the worst offensive play-calling game of the year, and I think definitively the worst game that Ryan Tannehill not just had this season, but has had as a Titan. And I, I mentioned that to some people today. I was talking to Luke Warsham over at A to Z sports today about it. And he thinks that the Texans game this year was worse from Tannehill, which I think that's the only game this year that you could point to. And, you know, there'd be some contest there. Um, Tannehill, you know, threw one more interception in that game than he did this game for me that what, what make, makes this game worse than that performance is just the, the massive yeah, grand it's not, it's, it's, gap it's not of talent, close. not even close talent yeah. that was available to Tannehill yeah. in those two games yeah. um, as, Stage, as inexcusable as that, 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 that four interception game against Houston was you had the weather as it was, a, it was a factor. 
And you also had, you know, he was playing with a bit of a practice squad out there. So it wasn't, it obviously wasn't excusable, but it was a lot more excusable than what happened last night. Um, And, you know, we're, we're, I'm sure going to spend a good bit of this podcast talking about Ryan Tannehill and the reaction to the game, the inevitable um, discussion that's been going on. But in terms of evaluating this game, breaking down what happened, it's really as simple as you had the worst game of the year. Uh, arguably by your offensive coordinator and your quarterback and you lost the game and it was close to the end. It probably should not have been. Um, And the other team made one more play than the Titans did. And they went home and squandered a incredibly promising year, incredibly promising situation. But um, I think anybody who says that they were that surprised by the way that they did it is lying, right? Because this is, and I'd been beating this drum since they lost in Pittsburgh. Um, And I was a bit wrong about it. I said as much on Twitter last night that I was wrong about it because I said at the time in that week following the Pittsburgh loss that I thought in the regular season, Titans winning and losing would come down to turnovers and whether or not they could win the turnover differential and that it would be that simple. They would win every single game in which they won the turnover differential and they'd lose every single game in which they lost the turnover differential. And Um, I thought that the playoffs would, you know, it'd be more complicated than that, but I really don't think it was in this game. They, they turned the ball over three times, only forced one turnover in the game and lost the turnover differential by two. um, And they couldn't overcome it. And that's really the way we we look back at the season and it feels like every loss except for their week one loss was um, one in which they beat themselves significantly more than the opposing team beat them right yeah yeah and with all due respect to luke i mean that's a little bit of a ridiculous i mean i I get it he threw four picks whatever like you said whether that's just patrick probably caused two of those picks um and the stage on which the thing happened i mean it's it's not even close in my opinion um yeah i mean listen you know if you would have if you give me the stat sheet from everybody on offense besides Tannehill before that game and ask me what the result of the game is. I say, win easily, you know, and I yeah. take, I mean, remove touchdowns from that because, you know, you, you see the problem there, but um, you know, if you just give me yardage numbers for, for everybody, because I know like there was a lot of conversation this week, what do you need from Julio to win this game? Well, Julio had what I need to pull the box score, but six for 63 or whatever it was. He played um, well. That was plenty enough. And I mean, he had one big catch where he got just, I mean, hammered after he, he got the ball and he held on, yep. uh, you know, I mean, so the, the plenty from him that he was not the problem in, in the game, you know, that it wasn't, we spent so much time talking about that and all that, but I mean, like he did what they needed him to do in that game. AJ Brown was fantastic. Um, yep. you, you know, he's a, he's a star. Um, no, no question about that. I, I mean, all that stuff, the run game, like you said, I mean, Henry was not, um, was not Derek Henry. Um, no. and I, I thought that, you know, for him to get 20 carries in that and for Foreman to only get four was a bit of an issue. Um, big, just a big issue in my mind. Foreman I mean, listen, Foreman and they refused to ride him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah had way more, they did had way more juice for sure. Um, no, no question about that. And, um, you know, just, I mean, he even showed <laughs> the, the, you know, the two knocks you have on Foreman are his, his vision is not necessarily great and he fumbles and he, I mean, a couple of those runs were really good. I mean, he saw a, a lane and cut back and hit it, you know, Absolutely. and you could tell he was 
focusing on ball security. I mean, if you just watch him run, you could tell that was that was in the forefront of his mind. And, um, you, you know, so I, I would have an issue with with that there. Like you said, the play calling. So, so I mean, the two things we need to talk about, like you said, there's, there's not a whole lot of analysis, right? I mean, they no. lost because Tannehill threw three interceptions. I mean, that, that, that's that is the that, that's the long and short uh, of what happened in this game. And the the conversation around Ryan Tannehill is more, uh, you know, we get into this stuff on Twitter and you have, I don't even, I always want to say 140 characters. That's what it was initially. It's not that anymore. 280. 280 now. So they doubled it. You have 280 characters and everybody's firing off, you, you know, these, these hot takes on, you, you know, this and that. Right. Yep. Um, listen, Ryan Tannehill has been really good for this team. Um, the, the, overall body of his work is fantastic and I, and I said in a post earlier today that early in the game I mean, obviously the first pick is inexcusable right and we have had how many podcasts have we come on and said so we have this he has this one throw a game where he just doesn't see somebody and throws it to them right so pre- and it, it, the play it call was so predictable he stared yeah. the guy down everything yeah, about yeah. that play was right easy and bad yeah yeah so and coaching the execution that's bad okay so yeah sure but then the the play the throw to Blasen game that he dropped he started to run before he caught the ball um it, the ball was it was a good throw it was a great, I mean, I don't know if it's a great throw. It, it's, it's hard to tell. I, that, that was the first game I'd been to this year. So it's, it's harder to, to tell those things in the stadium. Right. But, um, it was, it was, a, it was a fine throw. It was a throw that the guy should have caught. The guy in front of me was like, oh, Tannehill's terrible. This is why, you know, and I was like, dude, let's not do that right now. Like that, mm-hmm. that was, that's 100% on the fullback. Okay. I, I said it to the guy, you know, um, because that, that wasn't his fault. But then, I mean, as the game goes along and, and you see what happens, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, again, I understand that not one person loses a football game. And, I mean, all those things are certainly true. But if he throws – I mean, if he doesn't throw the second interception, they probably win, right? If he doesn't throw the second interception and they somehow get points off of that drive, whether it be a field goal or, or a touchdown – Yep. Um, he probably doesn't end up throwing the third one because they're not pressing at that point. Uh, I mean, you know, a lot, a lot of things change if, you know, if you take away one thing. That's why, to me, I don't understand why they went for two so early in the game. But to say the game would have played out exactly the same way had they kicked the extra point and been up a point there, I think that's, I think that's silly to say that because right. it just changes the way everything goes throughout a game. Well, not only do you not know how it would change, you you know that it you know for a fact that it, that it, would, it would be different right, right? because yeah. like everybody can say well if they'd kicked the field goal they would have been up one instead of tied at at the end of that game and wouldn't have been you know having to drive and be in a situation to throw that interception well no that's that's not that's not that's not works. true because yeah. the Bengals obviously when they tied the game would not have chosen to kick a field or would not have chosen right. to they to go for two down one they would have gone yeah, for, they would have gone yeah. for two to tie like like that's not teams the decisions that are made down the road impact that so like i tweeted this out it's is it it's absolutely a horrible lazy dumb take to say that the titans didn't kick the field goal when they should have kicked the field goal and Extra they lost the game because of it it's a fair take to say not converting extra points there and only getting six may have cost the, the Titans yeah, the game. Yeah, sure. It, it, either decision, like it's, it's not about what decision they made. It's the fact that they didn't get points. Right. 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. But okay. So here's my kind of long winded to get to the, to the point on Tannehill. I, I think he's a, I think he's a good quarterback. Um, I think if you watched, we're recording this after the, the end of that chiefs bills game. I think if you watch that game, you know, that he's not even in the same stratosphere as those two quarterbacks. Right. No. Uh, I, I mean, and, and Joe Burrow, I mean, to, like I said, I mean, he looked like he's, he's ahead of Ryan Tannehill as well. Last he's somewhere night. in between. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, I I think that the issue with Tannehill is that he is he's not gonna he's not gonna elevate the team. Um, you you just hope that you can be good enough around him that and he can take care of the ball enough that it doesn't end up hurting you. Because again, last night he's the issue. If he doesn't throw three picks, they win the game. And um, I I get that like there are. I mean, I, I, we, we could sit down and do a list. We're not going to do that right now. But, like, there are at least half of the teams in the league that would – that, you know, costs and all that stuff not considered what would take Ryan Tannehill over who their quarterback is, right? I mean, and and before this year, the, the, the stupid turnovers have not been a problem. But for whatever reason, they were this year. Um, but Jimmy, but, the analysis of Ryan, it's only, it's only this year, apparently. Right. Like sure. Sure. The last, and then, and again, the this is, this is hours. what makes it so complicated to just fire off these things and say, well, this is whatever, but I'll, I'll say this. I do think that we have seen Ryan Tannehill ceiling. Okay. I, I don't, it's not that they can't win a Super Bowl with him. But that, I let's just go ahead I and say that statement, that statement is definitively false. It's it's been thrown around sure. a lot. I did yeah, a lot yeah. of battle with people on Twitter about this. It's it's just it's reactionary emotional foolishness. It's not correct. The idea that they cannot win a Super Bowl, that you cannot win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill or a quarterback of his skill skill set is it's just not true. And I'll get into my thoughts more on that in a minute. But you go ahead, keep going. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I like I said, I don't think they will. And I think that the Mike Malarkey comparison is apt. Okay. And I don't, I don't know, you may disagree with that, but I think that you get to a point where somebody has taken you as far as they can take you. Mm. And I think, like I said, a lot of people look back on Mike Malarkey and they, they hate him and think he was terrible. And that couldn't be further from the truth. No, the Titans don't get to where they are today without Mike Malarkey. Okay. He changed the culture in that locker room. They won a playoff game. I mean, I mean, and, and if you, if you don't, if you don't think that you you haven't been a fan long enough to live through the wilderness, that was the end of the Jeff Fisher era. Or you're just not all that intelligent. I mean, you can't, you can't through Munchak, through Wisenhunt. Yeah. So, I mean, like you just, you don't remember how bad it was. Um, So again, so I, I mean, I think this, the, excuse me, the, the statement that, um, that we've probably seen this thing, I, I think that is probably true. Now, the difference between a coach and a quarterback is you can find a coach, you can, that there are much there easier are way to move more, on from a coach to upgrade. Yeah, a coach there are way more quarterback. guys out there that can exceed your expectations as a coach or that they can elevate a team as a coach and there are as a quarterback. Right. I mean, again, and, and yeah. we've, we've had this conversation so many times this year about, you know, if you got to, there's only a handful that are going to completely elevate you and can, and can take you to another level level by themselves. We, we've had that conversation at nauseum. I think that, but now I think that we've seen what the ceiling is with Tannehill. And I think you need to explore options for what is next now i i i 
as we sit here right now recording this on what is January 23rd, um, I, there's no doubt in my mind that when we, we kick off this next season in September uh, of, of 2022, that Ryan Tannehill is starting quarterback. I mean, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that that's the case. Correct. But should they try to find somebody else? I, I think absolutely. But again, like I've seen people throw out Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, come on. Like yeah. what, what, that's no different. And, and, and if you think, opinions what like that don't, they don't deserve even yeah, frankly, what, our attention. Right. What evidence is there to believe that, that none Bridgewater is better than Tannehill? Uh, anyway, so it, you, you're going to have a conversation about Aaron Rodgers, about Russell Wilson, about the, that type of guy. Um, is is that something that could happen? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We, we, there, there's a long way to go in the offseason and all those types of things. But what I will say is that I do think we have seen Ryan Tannehill's ceiling, and I think we know what he is now. And it is they would they would be foolish to not at least look around and, and see what else is out there, what other options they have. Sure, you've got to explore your options and they're they're limited and people don't want to hear that. Um the draft is not an option this year. It's 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 not. They're not drafting a quarterback. Um well I'll say this. They're not drafting a quarterback um with a with a high draft pick that is a guy who will has a potential to be a viable NFL starter. It's not happening. First of all, there are very, very few of those guys in this draft of those guys. Very um, not, not, not even very few of them. None of them are considered elite prospects. None of them are even really graded out as first round draft picks. Of course, one or a couple of them will go in the first round pushed up because they're quarterbacks quarterbacks go earlier than they should, but um, draft grade wise, none of them are elite. None of them are first round picks. Um, it's a combination of three things that, that I can tell you with confidence. Yes, today, this early, people have taken an issue with me saying this so early, but it's it's just obvious. And if you don't think that it's obvious, you either are are not very smart or you have just not looked at the situation the Titans are in and what this draft holds in terms of prospects. So, yeah, today on whatever it is, January 23rd, the Titans aren't, I can say with confidence, the Titans are not drafting a quarterback because of three things. One, the prospects available, very limited of the few that are worth taking. They'll go, there'll be a, there'll be a premium on them. They'll go early. Um, two, the Titans uh, draft situation. They have a first round pick, which I believe will be the 26th pick of the draft, 25th or 26th. Um, and they have that first rounder, but they do not have their second rounder because it, it belongs to Atlanta from the Julio Jones trade in the offseason. Uh, th- so they have a first and then a third and on down. So they don't have that second round pick. And then the third thing is their positions of their immediate positions of need. And people are, are screaming that the biggest position to need is quarterback when that's not really true. No, you you not. can you not need not, I, I can say that more confidently. It is not true. Um, you can think that that's the the position that needs upgrading that will have the most impact on a team, but that's just the nature of the quarterback position, right? You you have positions that are of immediate, much greater need than quarterback. You have a starting quarterback. Brian Tannehill is a starting franchise quarterback in the NFL. Now, the conversation can absolutely be had whether or not he is a guy that can get you to a Super Bowl, but there are plenty of guys that are starter starting franchise quarterbacks in the NFL that have ceilings that are very arguably not Super Bowl worthy, right? Um, so you have other positions where you absolutely need guys and you need impact guys in the draft. Um, 
And, and so it's, it's not going to the only, the only possible scenario where the Titans draft a guy that is viable as a potential NFL starting quarterback is if they use that first round draft pick on him. And one, I'm not even sure there will be decent guys left at 25 in the first round Two, there is no scenario in which they use that first round pick on a quarterback and then wait till the third round and deeper into the draft to address their immediate needs. It's not happening. Okay. So, so they're not drafting a quarterback. Um, they, they, I don't believe that they're going to go get one in free agency when I, I can see them going to get one to maybe compete um, with Logan Woodside or, or push Tannehill like a, a you know, a journeyman guy, but they're not really going to invest serious money in somebody uh, in free agency. It's going to be Ryan Tannehill. He, he, there's nobody in the league that's going to trade for him at the number that he's at. There's no situation where the Titans trade him to Seattle and Russell Wilson comes to Nashville. There's no scenario in which they, get Aaron Rodgers and do something like that. The, the Packers aren't going to do some kind of trade and pick up the, the salary and the cap situation. Like it's not, it's not happening. Right. So if we're going to deal in realistic solutions to problems, which is all I have any interest in dealing with, we have to start with the basis that Ryan Tannehill, like you said, will be the starter for this team next year. That's their plan already. It's going to remain their plan because their options that just don't exist else elsewhere. So, so where does that leave you? Right. That leaves you with um, questions as to what obviously that leaves you with questions as to what he is capable of of doing for this team. Like wh- like what's the ceiling? And that's the discussion we've had. And we'll, we'll have more in a moment uh, just about where he can take you. Right. What his ceiling is, what he is as a quarterback. But but tangibly what that leaves you with with possible solutions for this team, for this offense is. You have to continue to improve, upgrade the weapons around him, the situation around him. You have to put him in a better situation as a quarterback and try to make it as 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 best set up for him to succeed as you can, right? And that means getting the right weapons around him. That means, you know, proper coordination, which is a massive question mark. That means, um, you know, better protection than they had this year. It, it kind of went under the radar in the back half of the season because the offensive line got their act together. But for the first half of the season, over half of the season, really, it was a massive, massive problem. And it's going to continue to be a problem as these guys age and um, as they need guys that they pick up uh, to like Dylan Radens and, and others like that. They need the, those guys to pan out, right? Guys that they may go get this year in the draft or in free agency. They need those to start panning out or they're going to be in big trouble. Um, so so the, those are the realistic things you can do. You can get a real like elite or at least capable wide receiver three and t- pass catching tight end option. No, no hate to Nick Westbrook-Akine, but it's, he's only a marginal upgrade in my opinion over guys like Khalif Raymond. I, I think I kind of drank the Kool-Aid a bit on, on Westbrook Akine during the season, just because of how much he had to step in and, and be the guy in a, in a tough spot. And I was impressed with his ability to do that, but um, you got to have a better wide receiver three, if you have a limited quarterback, which that's what Ryan Tannehill is. He is, he is what we've known him to be. Um, He's he's a he's a limited in my opinion he's in the tier of quarterback that is good but limited and just they are they are the first tier on the the quarterback pyramid that they are just above the demarcation line of capable of winning a Super Bowl in my opinion he is just they are just good enough 
to win a Super Bowl with if in the right situation and with a little bit of luck, which of course that's the NFL, man, you got to get a little lucky here and there. Um, but he, he is, he's a guy that, that can win you a Super Bowl significantly harder to win a Super Bowl with a guy like that than it is to win with a Mahomes or a Josh Allen, obviously, because those guys are tractors. They pull their team. They carry their team. Guys like Ryan Tannehill, much more of a trailer than a tractor. Um, it, it takes a team around him to, to, uh, to succeed at, at a level that, you know, wins championships. Um, so I'll, that's, that's my ramble. I have a million thoughts on him and, and, and I'll, I'll just kind of cut it off there. Cause we don't need to be here for an hour. Yeah. Well, and like you said, um, the, they've got a lot of questions on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to have to answer and, you know, just pulling the numbers from over the cap, you know, as they sit right now, they have $3 million in cap space and without Harold Landry on the books. Okay. So, something's going to have to be done with Lawan and Saffold's contracts. I mean, they're, they're going to have to figure out something there. Um, and not that those guys weren't good because they were, they definitely got better as the season went on, but you're talking about if they were to cut those two guys, that's like 22, $23 million in cap savings. Okay. I think they'll try to figure some things out there, but they've got some things they're going to have to do there. So like you said, you can't then also draft a quarterback in the first round. That's not going to help you next year because listen, we, we, we've been on the road with this team of, of seeing early draft picks that don't help you year one or ever. And it's, it's, it's put them in a position where they're going to have to answer for some of those things, you know, in, in the coming years. So yeah. Um, quarterback's not an option to draft. You would have to explore it through trade. And, and that's just, it's just, it's so much speculation and whatever at this point that there, there's really no, there's really no sense in talking about it. Like you said, the, the other, the other thing that needs to be brought up is the office of coordinator conversation, right? Because we talked all year about, Again, we try to be the most reasonable Titans podcast that there is out there, right? And so as we look at these things, we try to put them in the proper context. And for a lot of the season, just like it was impossible to judge Ryan Tannehill, it was impossible to judge Todd Downing. Because when you enter a season thinking that you're going to have A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry, and then you only have them for, what, 10% of the plays for the entire year, right. um, it, it, it's impossible to, to judge that guy. Now, with that being said, he had everybody, everybody healthy. In it's now the, possible to judge that guy. Right, at yeah. least reasonably healthy in this game. And it, 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 was, it, was, it was a disaster. Right. And I mean, there are, listen, we can, we can point to a couple of plays like you, like you already mentioned with the, with the first play of the game. Um, and even Blaine Bishop, who is not my favorite guy on the radio. I, I don't think his analysis is, is necessarily all that good, but I mean, that was the thing he was harping on as soon as the game was over, like that right. first play, the route combination, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, there's just, it, it's, it's, it's as vanilla as it comes. Right. And Again, it's up to the quarterback to not throw it to a guy who's between him and the receiver. But it was at the, the same right time, read, by the way. Yeah, it was yeah, the right read about a full second late. Right, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. That's the thing. If he if he throws that ball on time, right? Sure. I don't know if that's more or less concerning, but like, it's not like he made a horrible decision. He right, made the he right just decision. Made it not quick Inc- enough. Like so late, it's incredible how late it was. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's that. Um, I, I will go to the. I guess what the 
second to last drive the Titans had mm-hmm. where you, you, you have third and one or third and less than one. Everybody keeps talking about third and one. It was less than one. It was significantly less than one. Um, and I mean, I'm yelling QB sneak, um, you know, and, and you have really two chances to, to do it there. And this then is an they, opportunity where you should do the obvious thing right. as opposed to when you shouldn't. This and they break a, the huddle. So on third down, they break the huddle in shotgun. So, uh, okay, we're, we're, we're not sneaking. Yeah, now you're like, obviously. what is going on? Right. right. Um, and, and again, like, okay, I, I mean, I, I've seen so much about this, about whether or not it was the – it was a fine play call. The execution was poor, but it wasn't a fine play call. No. Line up under center and do something quick to get the half yard. Now, right? The execution was also poor. Yes, sure. Poor sure, execution sure. of a bad yeah. play call. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so then, all right. So, I mean, it was no gain basically there, right? I mean, they might have lost a little bit, but it wasn't, it wasn't a significant change in what you had on third down. It, it went from less than a down. yard to about a full yard. Yeah. But it was still and one right and then you take you have henry on the field which again like we love derrick henry here right i mean like all all of that but foreman was the better guy last night okay um and then you take it so deep and hand it to him and then there's by the time you get there there's a guy around his ankle i mean whatever like i just that to me is was just you can't miss right there because again we talk about all, all these like different plays that if if this was differently the game comes i mean they have a chance to end the game on that drive yes if they can because i think that that drive started i need to pull this up but like that drive started with like 11 minutes left and you think to yourself in that scenario okay like this is if derrick henry is 100 percent, this is one of those drives where you just turn on a hand to him a bunch of times and right. you know whatever well they they take four minutes off the clock there and they they're in a position where if you get a first down there, you can probably take another two minutes off the clock. Even if you don't get another first down, then you have a chance to kick a field goal, all those types of things. And you don't do that. You give it back to them. Now, again, the defense they stepped up once again and, and forced a punt and they, they got the ball back with plenty of time to, to, to go down and make something happen after that. But that's the, those two play calls right there, to me are just like, Hey man, this is a guy that just is not, he doesn't get it. And he's not a guy that's, that's ready to, to be a play caller on this stage. Yeah. It's his, it's his situational play calling is astonishingly bad. Um, His play calling in general, isn't necessarily all that bad. It's, it's the situational stuff, which is the important stuff. Right. And so that's people are, are saying, get rid, get rid of Tannehill, get rid of Downing. One of those is not only, I think, more fair, uh, get rid of Downing, but I think it's also more possible. Now, I don't think that they will. Again, they just went 12 and 5. He dealt with extreme extenuating circumstances for much of the year. Um, But I think it's it's a, a decision that they won't make, but they should. I think that you move on from him and, uh, and find somebody else that you think is, is better. Um, I don't think, again, I don't think that they will. And I think that, you know, may come back to bite them, but also, and this is a, a conversation people are definitely in no position to have. Uh, I, I'm not even trying. I've not even tried to have this conversation with people because I know that it's just not going to go well, but, and, and it may take a while to be able to hear it out. I'm like, I'm old enough to remember when, when the last season ended and the calls were all for Shane Bowen to be fired. And then this season, he was 
the maybe the the best coach on the staff not named not maybe he was the best coach on the staff not named Mike Vrabel right, right. Yeah. like he was incredible he had a great second year turnaround I don't I personally if you asked me do I think there's a chance that Downing like significantly um, improves next year I would say the chances are very low I don't see that happening I just don't think that he has it but it's also I'm also able to like realize. I didn't necessarily see it with, with Bowen last year and it didn't matter, right? Like it, it's what happened and it's entirely within the realm of possibility that Downing has like, he significantly improves year on year. Not, not only do I like, I do think if, and when they retain him, which again, I, I think that they will, he will be better next year because that's just the nature of coordination in the NFL coordinators get Almost always, if you're even remotely competent, you get better year on year. And so he's going to improve. Now, whether he improves enough to justify him being a coordinator is another question, right? But yeah, yeah, I think that they should move on from him. I don't think that they will. And I think that that may very well cost them. And I would say the the difference now, you you have all the injury stuff with Downing this year, sure. Um, The difference with... Bowen Bowen was a first year coordinator last year. This was Downing's first year as a play caller for the Titans. It was not his first year as a play caller. Yeah, he called he called plays with the Raiders. Um, and Bowen was a position coach last year as well as being the coordinator. And so I think that Mike Vrabel. I, mean, I think that was a a bad decision on the front end. But to Vrabel's credit, I think he realized after going through a year that that was a bad decision, and he rectified that coming into yes. this year so i don't think you have and again have a nuanced conversation i mean i don't i don't know and you could be right like you like you said i mean guys generally do get better um year over year so that that certainly could be the case i do want to and i know ryan sykes um brought this up in when we asked for uh the the hot takes or whatever um but about that last drive were you at all surprised at how much time they were taking there? I was um, there in the stadium. I was confused. It felt like yeah. a situation where like Vrabel knew something that, that we didn't, I was, I was, I was definitely confused as to why they were taking so long. And um, I, I like in hindsight, thinking about it, I kind of feel like, maybe they were playing in a way that they were, they were scared that Ryan, like Ryan was just having such a bad night. They were scared. Ryan was going to, you know, do what he ultimately did, which he ultimately did. Yeah. And like, if that was the thinking that's, you know, obviously bad, um, but frankly, understandable. Right. right? Bad, but fair. Yeah. Bad, but fair. And I know it's fair because he did it. Right. Um, And I say he did it. That third, that third throw, like, at least part of that has to fall on NWI because he like two years in a row now where your wide receiver three gets bodied on a pass to them or well, in it, the case of but last just, year, just, just do slipped. me a favor and stop targeting your wide receiver three in that situation. Yes. It's the decision-making. Like, the that's, throw is, like, yes. So when it comes to who's, whose fault it is for an interception, like I blame the person whose fault it is for the actual interception. And so in that case, like Ryan threw the ball to the receiver hit him in both hands. He's small and got bodied and the ball tipped up in the air and got intercepted. So like, it was not a, 
in a, in a vacuum, that pass was not a bad pass. It was accurate enough. It was catchable. It was to his receiver. It was safe until he got popped up in the air. But a big part of being a, a good quarterback is decision-making. And that decision, not only to throw to that per like if you look at the film, the tape of, of that particular play call and where guys were in routes, there were guys much more open than him. Um, Just like last year. <laughs> right. That aside, yeah. that aside, the decision to, to throw to that guy when you have playmakers, two other, two other guys that like, if you're going to throw a contested catch ball, no, no, no. those are the guys you want to throw to. One of them wasn't on the field. Three. Well, oh, he wasn't. Julio was on the sideline. I, I, I hadn't even, yeah. I, I didn't yeah. looked at it close enough to realize. So that's, that. that's a whole other thing. And I, you know, again, we don't know why, right? I mean, th- we don't know why, but to me, that's one of those deals where I, I don't care if what, I don't care what your package is, what your situation is like, he's on the field. Right. We, we throw all that stuff out the window at this point. You've got to have your best guys on the field right there. And yeah, he, if you're, if he was on the field. Right. The only in that situation, those guys should be on the field unless obviously they're injured or. Right. Like, yeah. If, maybe if, he was. If, I mean, you I don't, know I don't you're going to or you're going to run the ball. I don't think that he was. But, it, you know, if you're going to run the ball, like if there are if it's a passing play, the, those guys have to be out there. And, and again, that, that to me speaks to coordination more than anything else. But, yeah. And there was another thing, and I mean, it ultimately didn't matter, but the, they had to take a timeout at some point earlier in the second half. I don't remember if it was third, third or fourth quarter. Third and, quarter, it was a very – it was a bad one. It was Being there watching it, because here's what happened. Like, um, I think it was Foreman ran on the field, and then they wanted Hilliard in. And so they had to run Foreman off and run Hilliard in. And by the time they did all that, when they broke the huddle, it was – it was too late, you know, right. and, and you're just th- sitting there thinking, I mean, I, again, ultimately it didn't matter because once they, once that turnover happened and they hit that first play, the game was over at that point, yeah. regardless of how many times you had left. But um, you just, I don't know, again, yeah, it, it, there, there's a lot of stuff here. Right. And I mean, we're going to have a lot of time now to go through plenty and, of time break to break all down. this stuff down because plenty now we don't have. Yeah. Times. So anyway, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think that all pretty much pretty much sums up the issues with that game, um, because, listen, the, they're the, the, they've got a lot of decisions they have to make between now and you know, you know immediately, like you said, with, with coordinator and, and that stuff. But then ultimately how they're going to structure the team going forward. But I, I think we've at this point kind of hit all the stuff that the issues that we saw. Um, in that game I don't know if there's anything any other any other kind of closing thoughts that you have on this season as we kind of put a wrap on that and start to I mean we'll still be here doing podcasts hopefully weekly um, and have more of much more of a kind of a seasonal overview but anything you you know that that kind of strikes you as we kind of put a bow on this season so to speak well like you said we'll do a lot I'm sure we'll do a lot more season post-mortem in the coming weeks but um I think just a a general judgment of the season is that uh, it was a great season and a, uh, it was a really good team um, that ultimately the, when I say a great season, I mean a great regular season, a great regular season that the the season overall ended up being ruined by, by a, a, a kind of a no show by half of the ball in the playoffs. And so, Ultimately, it's a it was a season of failure because this is a team that I think pretty clearly was in a Super Bowl or bust window, and they didn't get all that close to one. So yeah. it, it's a it's a bust of a season, a wasted season. They're back to the drawing board. 
Yeah. And like you said, there, there's so much good from this season and they, they overcame so much and they, they deserve a lot of credit for that. But There's ultimately, yeah, it's ultimately it's a, it's a failure because you didn't get, like you said, it wasn't, you're not, you're not even close to, to where you want to be. And it was you, all for naught. And there was so much talk last week about, Hey, it's all coming together. They, well, they've got everything they wanted all year, you know, and it just didn't, didn't play out that way. So anyway, Yep. Like I said, we will have a lot more time to break down the season as a whole, to look at the roster and, you know, the, the, the decisions they'll have to make um, as, as these things come about, um, you know, and it's all, it all happens fast. I mean, the NFL, there, there's really no, there, there's not a whole lot of breaks in the action, right? I mean, you go straight from the Super Bowl into, you know, roster decisions into free agency, into the draft, you know, we, we know how all that goes. So mm-hmm. there'll, there'll be plenty of time to, to, to write on all of those things. But anyway, that'll do it for tonight's show. Um, I don't think we, we talked about it from the front, but um, obviously a home run throwback. RobbieSportsMedia.com is your place to find all the best Titans news and analysis. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Easton is at Easton Freeze. Um, you can also check out Easton's other podcast, the Titans 10. A lot of good stuff he's had on there, so check that out as well. So for Easton, this is Jimmy saying thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you again next week. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.